0: Hello, I'm Regina Botras and this is Backstage where we talk with the who's who on stage in dance, comedy and performing arts speaking with the leading theatre makers of our times and how they came to the stage and what drives them and inspires them Well, as part of Sydney World Pride, Salon Flamenco is offering a different kind of series of events that are taking place at the Stonewall Hotel. And my guest is Anna-Louise Paul, the creative director and curator of these events. She started dancing at the age of 19 in contemporary and flamenco dance is what she calls a kind of bilingual dance. And she's an award-winning choreographer and has worked internationally across films dance, television, opera, theatre, music video, music videos, radio and corporate entertainment uh, and as well as locally flamenco. Um, welcome Anna-Louise Paul. Thank you Regina, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on, this sounds like a fun event and a, in a different kind of space for, for well it seems natural actually in a lot of ways but before we get to Salon Flamenco how did you come to flamenco in the first place? Oh wow! Um,
1: Well, I I would put it more to the point of why did flamenco call me, (laughs) which sounds so (laughs) um, you know could sound a little bit trite, but it's true. I didn't actually seek flamenco out. I literally was had started you know contemporary dance or or, you know just started training at nineteen, and then I literally saw a sign on. Pitt Street outside Ross Coleman's dance studio that just said a chalkboard oh. that went flamenco and I went, Oh, I think I need to do that. And that was it. Oh. And then I went and I did took classes and Veronica Gilmer was the teacher and she was very, very supportive and she also taught down at the Spanish Club and I just started taking classes and it just it just was right. It was the right thing. Um, So, yeah, I can't say that I sought it out or I saw some show or some artist and was inspired. It just was this one word, this word that held majesty and power in it that drew me in. You
0: knew when you saw that sign, obviously. But what is it that it brought to you? I mean, you said majesty and that, you know, is that what it is for you? It is what it
1: is for me. It's it's deep and it's... um, it's emotional and it's, it resonates with me at a, at a really kind of, um, ancestral level, I guess. Um, although I, again, I didn't know that at the time. So again, I was 20 when I, when I started, but it was when I was 40 that I knew why. And yeah, and, <laughs> and I had sort of spent those 20 years going, why is this thing in my life? I love it, but why is it there? And, sort of sought out answers and tried to find, you know, how and why this thing was was there for me and meant so much to me. And I was, at the time, I was making one of my first sort of theatrical dance theatre works called Isabel, and it was about Queen Isabel of Spain, who in 1492 was the queen that, that conquered the Arabs. Um, she conquered the Arabs who were in rule of Spain, of the whole Iberian peninsula and she was the instigator of the Spanish Inquisition and they kicked the Jews out. Um, And then that same year, 1492, she funded Columbus on his second expedition and he got lost and ended up in America or what became America, right? So that was a really phenomenal year and all these things, you know, pushed and pushed. And so that expulsion of the, the Jews at that time and eventually the Arabs as well, is what actually we believe and know formed flamenco. So flamenco is this beautiful kind of fusion of Arabic and Jewish and, and of course, G- gypsy, or we don't call them gypsy anymore, Roma people, um, and, and the local Andalusian culture. It's it's all this, this this mixing of all different songs and laments, even African rhythms, because, of course, when the Spaniards went to America, they brought back the African slaves. And those African rhythms became embedded. So for me, when I was 40, I started, I started this research on her and was making this show. And I just thought there's something about her and my dad. And I didn't know my dad that well and flamenco. There's some connection. And I long story short, I ended up contacting my aunt, my father's sister. It's my father passed long past and she was probably in her nineties by then. I was lucky and she. I hadn't seen her since I was a little girl, like five years old. And I went to visit her and I stood in this doorway and her little flat in Cogra and looked around and she had these, those 70 Spanish dolls, you know, the kitsch ones with the dresses oh, yeah. all over the mantelpiece. Yeah. So I'm like, what's going on here? And she just still looked at me and said, what, what do you want to know? Why are you here? Kind of thing. A little bit suspicious, you know, she hadn't seen me for so long. What do you want to know? Yeah. I said, well, I just want to know who we are. Who are your parents? Where are my, Who are my grandparents? Where do we come from? And she straight out said, we're Spanish Jews. We come from Spain. Queen Isabel kicked us out in 1492. Uh, and I just, to this day, I still get goosebumps because, yeah, it was my story, the story I was making. It was the answer. Yeah, it was this revelation light bulb. Like bolt, actually, mm. that that kind of came at me, and I just went, wow. oh, you know, like I am, I am, I am Jewish. I know that I'm non-practicing, but I didn't know that my father's ancestry was Sep- Sephardi, what we call Sephardi, which is Spanish Jewish. So it's there,
0: amazing.
1: And then my since goodness. then, since then, there's been so much corroboration of that with Garcia Lorca, the Spanish playwright, um, Paco de Lucia, who's one of the, you know. The, the major guitarists of our time all corroborating that there's so much Jewish influence in flamenco, the laments and the chant, you know, the songs and the, what we call cante which is the deep song. So the answers came to me. <laughs> I, you know, it's when, when you
0: yeah. seek, I guess
1: you find.
0: Yeah, indeed. And, and, <sighs> Gosh, it makes sense because, I mean, flamenco has that really oh, – it's passionate and emotional and, like, powerful, it seems, all of those things wrapped up together.
1: Yeah, and it's also this, this level of sacredness in there because this, the liturgies and the, the um, you know, there's, there's so much kind of reverence around it when we perform – and, and people, people tend to think, oh, it's this touristy thing and people, you know, the dancers are just mm. dancing wildly and, and, you know, but it's not. There's so much in there and, um, you know, flamenco is also very much a study. It's like a classical ballet or a classical musical form. It's a study, you know, it takes years and years and it's not just something you get up and, can kind of learn in in 10 lessons not that social dances are like that but it's not a social Mm. dance people think it's a social dance you can just kind of get up and and learn fairly quickly and get on Mm. the dance floor
0: so all of those like the hand movements and the the arms do they like the storytelling can you talk to me about the storytelling within the dance yeah so
1: in actuality there's no storytelling it's all about no. the emotion. Yeah, I was as literally okay. going to say. I mean, all of that influence from Indian culture, where the the Roma people come from, you know, mm-hmm. in in their Indian classical forms, that is all about storytelling. In flamenco, it's not. It's it's all about the emotion. So we have different songs and different palo, what we call palo, different rhythms, if you like. Um, And they each evoke different feelings and and moods. And, of course, the lyrics and the guitar, each one is very different. As with any art form, the more you listen to it, the more you can recognize those differences. To somebody who doesn't know it may all just sort of, you know, sound the same, as it were, but but it's all in there. And each of those moods, so we have a song, a palo called Alegría, which means happiness. Of course it's quite bright, it, you know, and then there's the solea, which is more about solitude and, and sense of loneliness, and then it goes even deeper into c- cegarias, which is, you know, mm-hmm. really exploring grief. And when you think about mm-hmm. all those, those moods, it's really about this groups of people, groups of communities that were persecuted. Ultimately, they were kicked out. So it wasn't just the Jews; it was ultimately the Arabs in the end too, and then the Roma people and anybody. Um, they were kicked out, uh, you know, either convert to Catholicism or go, or you know, yeah, be be hung or <laughs> you know whatever the whatever the the torture was at the time. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's you know it's it's about uh, you know finding your voice and and owning your voice and, and and speaking your voice through your dance your song your your music um, okay and that's where the power comes from so but I read
0: like looking around at your you know information you like using storytelling so are you bringing in storytelling in your the work that you do though
1: yeah yes absolutely yes. so for me okay. I, I apologize so flamenco itself is Nothing. not about that, but I love storytelling. I, that's in my yeah. heart as well. Um, I guess as an mm. actor and you know somebody that that just has yeah. worked in film and opera and all those things. I love story and yes. Yeah, so in fact, the Isabel work was a dance theatre work, and I used text yeah. um, to tell the story. So that that particular story was set on the night of the night before her coronation. So it was her it was Isabel going through her her own kind of um, conscience and machinations in her head of how she was going to deliver the speech and and you know the potential you know power that she gained, but also maybe the guilt that she might be feeling for some of this
0: mm.
1: you know be beha- you know these these war crimes really. Um, and so it was this it was an exploration of madness actually, and it was inspired right. by. The 9/11, um, George Bush, mm. and that whole that just this sort of crazy time. I just said, wow, and and ironically, that was 500 years exactly when she got into power. So that's what I think inspired me was that that event in history. Um, so that that was that story, and then you know the most recent show came out of COVID, and During COVID, I was dancing outdoors because I I couldn't dance in my apartment. So I went to the local community space in Rushcutters Bay and I was dancing on a veranda outdoors and people would be walking by and going, what are you doing? Oh, my God, I've been to Spain. Some people knew, some people didn't know. (laughs) And it was this whole beautiful journey with community. And one day, fairly early on, this little boy came by on his scooter or, he, you know, he was riding the scooter, and, and I had my back to him because I was, you know, dancing, or whatever, and I sort of turned around because I could feel somebody was there, and, and he said, are you making a show? And I said, no, I'm just practicing right now. He goes, are you making a show? And I said, ah, uh, yeah, I'm making a yes. show. And he goes, for everybody? And I went, yeah, for everybody. And literally that's what happened. So 11 months mm-hmm. later I made a show called Flamenco for Everybody and then that got picked up. I got a little bit of money from Create New South Wales during that kind of COVID activation period. Now it's actually on tour. It's going to different venues um, and we're selling it. So that's a story that, again, uses live flamenco. I've got a singer, a beautiful singer, a guitarist, percussionist, but I actually tell the sto- that story. and talk about what happened on the veranda. And then the following, the tail end of it is the following year when we went back into lockdown, I ended up on the little wharf at Brush Bay because I couldn't access the veranda. And so then my explorational journey out literally outdoors on the wharf and mm-hmm. dealing with the boats yeah. or not the boats but the boaties and the nature, the sounds of nature mm. and, and how that influenced everything. So – you know, that's an, another story, as it were, but yeah, I love to contextualize yeah. it within, within something that, I mean, I loved in mm. flamenco regardless, but, <laughs> but contextualizing it within a, a story that I guess for me, um, maybe just situates it some, somehow in our world history. You know, mm-hmm. gives, you know, because yeah. otherwise, I feel like, you know, you just you can go out there and do flamenco show after flamenco show and people don't necessarily understand what it is. I mean you know, in the sense that they just think it's this dance from Spain and you're wearing a red dress and like the little cliche dolls that my my aunt had, you know, that's that's, right? That's that's the image and it's like no flamenco is beyond that it's that's a that's an artifact of Franco's dictatorship (laughs) of how he wanted to portray Mm -hmm. flamenco (laughs) yeah it gets gets deeper and worse Uh, you stop me when you need to oh it
0: sounds fantastic there's so much in there so tell me about salon flamenco at the stonewall hotel on oxford street and what's happening over it's next week like Tuesday to Thursday, um, but it's not in the evening. It's like all kinds of things. Tell me what's happening. Yeah,
1: so Salon Flamenco is a platform for experimental work for artists that are experimenting within the flamenco realm, not not just myself, but there's many artists, dance artists and guitarists. Um, I don't think we have any singers this year. And basically this year um, we've been graciously um, – hosted by Pride Amplified, which is wonderful, at the iconic Stonewall Hotel where the gay riots were back in the day. Um, So we have two workshops. One is introductory flamenco with Paloma Negra on the Tuesday and then a creative lab in the afternoon with Tomás Arapero, so that's on Tuesday the 21st. Then Wednesday and Thursday night we have the evening shows, it's the same show both nights at 7:30 p.m. but prior to those shows on the Wednesday night we have a free um session which is uh dedicated to a panel talk and Tomas Araquero is leading this actually he's going to uh MC it so it's a panel talk about queer flamenco so again within Spain there's so much discussion right now about gender and how does gender get managed within flamenco what are we Told we're supposed to be like, or dress like, or dance like, and so he's talking with two international artists, Ryan Rockmore from the US, um, and Belen Maya, who from Spain, who is a luminary. She's a she's royalty, flamenco royalty, and they're both talking to, talking to Thomas about um, their journey through flamenco as queer artists and what it means in in this traditional art form on the Thursday night we have another free session before the shows and that's for the local flamenco community and we're presenting the pioneers of flamenco here in Australia so that's some of the elders and how they their stories of how they actually started flamenco here in the 50s and 60s and 70s because back then there was nothing yeah so we're talking to a few of them and then also uh, Lisa Maris mcdonald is running that one. Um, and then after that, uh, we have a film by Alessandra Pecci, and she created a film uh, for her PhD, which is looking at heritage and um, what heritage means. Flamenco became uh, was listed on the uh, UNESCO Intangible Cultural Heritage List um, a few years back and so she's kinda of questioning what does that mean to be listed on the intangible cultural head mm-hmm. does that mean it's there's something going to be lost here? Like she was questioning it for her PhD, which is really exciting. So she interviewed four people, um Damien Wright, Roshan, Thomas Beats and myself in fact, um, and she basically is interviewed us six months ago about our practice here in Australia and what that means I guess in a sense being in the diaspora of Spain as flamenco artists practicing here so two two kind of um things within that that uh films as, as well I guess or, or topics within that platform but it's all free and we invite people to come and they can talk and they can be interviewed as well and um and the evening shows both after, as I mentioned, are both the same. And so we have, um, gosh, uh, we have Paloma Negra and Benedict Leslie doing a flamenco piece with flagging. Flagging is a particularly um, LGBTI practice. And so they both are flamenco artists and do flagging. So this is going to be super exciting. Again, Thomas Araquero, kind of. Roped him into a few things this year. Um, he's got a piece piece that he's working on. I, I don't know much about it at this point, so it's okay. Um, I like to curate things on gut. I just kind of feel like, yeah, that's going to be okay. I know that one's going to be okay. <laughs> um, Rodolfo Biasoto, she's doing a traditional Faruca um in, in homage to Carmen Amaya. Carmen Amaya is our poster girl on, on the Salon Flamenco, Salon Flamenco site. Um and so, Carmen Amaya in the 50s, she pushed the envelope of being the first woman to wear pants. And that, that may not seem like a big deal in, in today, but back then that was pretty darn massive. She shocked a lot of people, but she was extraordinary, so she got away with it too. So, and then Reina Takeuchi is doing contemporary flamenco piece. And then I also have, um that sounds very proprietary. I also have, sorry, we also have <laughs> special guest artist all the way from Adelaide, Marduk Gong, and he's a guitarist and he explores sound with electronics and, uh, takes, he'll take us on a journey starting in flamenco, but we don't know where it will. And that's kind of exciting. And one short film by Lisa Maris McDonald, where she, she, I don't know how she did it, but she got herself into the ballroom in Seville, empty, and shot a film. She shot, you know, had her husband as a filmmaker, herself dancing in the ballroom. It's extraordinary. So that's, that's, that's what we have. Wonderful.
0: (laughs) So much to see. You've got a festival. Of your own inside the festival, it feels <laughs> it feels like that you mentioned you were you were interviewed for the the film with the four guests that's being shown, and what does it mean for you to be here now?
1: Well, I guess what it means for me is you know when you're living so far away from the motherland as it were, or country, um there's a respect shown to the to the culture, of course. But you also, I also cannot pretend that I'm living in Spain and living this flamenco life. So flamenco for, for flamencos is not just the art form. It's, it's kind of a, a way of being in the world and, and culture. So I'm, I'm, I don't, you know, I, for me, it's like, well, I'm sorry. I've still got to go out and, and go to the post office and, and get to central station or to get to. You know, where am I going to get to? You know, there's still an engagement with Australian life. And so in that sense, it's, it's, that's why I love to tell these stories. That's why I created Sal Flamenco. It's about actually for me saying, well, how can I, how can I express flamenco through this Australian lens, as it were? Um, well, not lens, but through this Australian life. And and yeah. what does Flamenca mean in this society? And I and I feel like there's so much place for it because we have so many um you know, people that come to Australia who have suffered trauma and, and torture and come from places where they've come to Australia and they're seeking refuge and they're seeking safety, you know. Um, mm-hmm. that there's a relationship there for what mm-hmm. Flamengo can offer. Similarly, our First Nations people have also suffered deeply, as we know, under colonization. Mm-hmm. And so this is a definite kind of place there for flamenco to express those things um, through, through the art, obviously. And so I, I guess yeah. that's what it means for me. I don't know if I've answered that properly or not. Oh,
0: yeah, you did. So what is the way of being... For flamenco as as the culture is it that kind of is it being able to express yourself
1: I guess what I'm saying is you know there in Spain particularly you know there are there's a flamenco community that live and breathe it every day and and that's all they do So in that sense I'm, that's what I'm saying is that that's not so possible here because there isn't the, the local bar that you can kind of, um, you know, inhabit for five hours a day before you've got to go and do something else. Or so, You know, there like, isn't that. It's a different life here. So that's kind of what I meant by that.
0: Well, in the meantime, there's a big event going on within World Pride, Stonewall Hotel from Tuesday the 21st of February to Thursday the 23rd, Anna-Louise Paul, thank you so much. It's been such a
1: pleasure to talk with you. Thank you, Regina. Thank you so much.